Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Dead Parent Club podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things dead parent, the good, the bad, and the banter, hosted by Sam and Kat. Hi guys, so FYI, it's just me today, it's Kat, Um, Sam and I have been finding it a little bit difficult to align our schedules lately which I suppose is what you get for trying to run a podcast when the two of you are on completely different sides of the earth, which is fine. So I'm doing a little solo ep today. I really hope you don't mind. You might get a little bit sick of my voice by the end of it. So basically, I've decided to do this because during Mental Health Awareness Week last week, I did a post on the DPC podcast Instagram that ended up getting quite a kind of strong reaction with people completely understanding where I was coming from and I think it's something that isn't spoken about very often really. So the post that I am referring to is the one that I put up saying, when does grief become a mental illness? And with that I wrote, This Mental Health Awareness Week, I want to tell you a story about when I realised my grief had taken a completely different form. It didn't take long to happen. In fact, it was only a few months after my mum had died that I realised my grief had taken a turn for the worst. Was I crying all the time? Yes. Was I suffocating in heart-wrenching grief? Yes. Was I coping? Absolutely not. I knew that I needed to reach out for help when I realised that I wanted my life to be over. I could see no future, no silver lining and no life worth living. We need to acknowledge the dark twists and turns our mind sometimes takes when we're in the midst of our grief and become more conscious of when the line between grieving and mental illness becomes blurred. Do not let someone tell you that you're simply feeling a certain way because you are grieving. Do not let someone talk down your mental trauma. Instead, seek help and do not give up. Find something worth living for and one day you'll wake up realising that the future is bright. Grief is a strange beast, but please be self-aware and acknowledge when it's turned into something darker. Life is a beautiful thing and there's so much out there waiting for us. So I literally had so many comments on this post, I think from people 
who completely understood where I was coming from um, and if I had a few messages from it as well so from some people who had experienced something very similar so it's something that I thought I would cover a little bit more in detail in this podcast with you guys talking more about my own story and when I realised that I wasn't just grieving anymore I was actually mentally unwell and the things that I did to take action and the things that I still do to this very day that try and help me stay away from going back into that dark place because anybody that has been diagnosed with a mental illness knows that recovery is not a thing you simply learn to deal with your mental illness and you find things that help you but the reality is is that you are always at risk of falling back into those sort of bad places unless you're very mentally strong and very mentally aware and I think the key here is building a resilience and being proactive rather than reactive when it comes to mental illness and the risks that we're at especially if well because we we're grieving you know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in the same situation as Sam and I with a dead parent some people with no parents and I think you know it's it is statistically proven that grief does put you at risk of suffering from mental illnesses so to start with I'm going to talk you through some of the signs that I realized that I was struggling with bad mental health I think it's quite easy to not be self-aware and a, a lot of people have struggled and not realized how much they're struggling until it's too late look well I say luckily I had struggled with my mental health since a child unfortunately I had a few instances growing up where my family life wasn't too good and people in my family were unwell and it led to quite a turbulent upbringing especially when I was in high school which is obviously when we're most susceptible and our minds are quite not very resilient against things happening to us and we're so used to being kind of cared for by our parents that when our parents are unwell we're suddenly very vulnerable to becoming unwell so because I was prone to it in the past with panic attacks and general feelings of kind of being down and struggling I was aware of some of the signs that I was struggling so I'm kind of telling you this so that you can also become aware yourself and you can be more proactive if you think that you've got the same sort of symptoms that I had so some of the more obvious ones were having no motivation to do anything I honestly just did not want to leave my bed and this can be a really kind of popular thing amongst people that are grieving you know they want to hide from their grief but it comes to a point when you know when you're doing that for a really long period of time after that person has passed then you really have to kind of figure out what what the source of that problem is and how you're going to move on from that and not become bed bound for the rest of your life I couldn't see a bright future whatsoever I couldn't see a life away from my grief I just couldn't imagine being happy ever again and my future was literally just like grey there was nothing happy to look forward to whatsoever 
I'd suspended my final year at uni at the time and I was just I was just like well there's no point in me even trying I'm not going to get a good degree I'm not going to get a good job my life just isn't worth it anymore I had no pleasure in my relationships whatsoever so my boyfriend at the time I didn't particularly want to see him I wasn't enjoying the relationship anymore and with my family and my friends I kind of wanted to hide away from them and I think a part of that was because I didn't feel like I was worthy I felt like nobody would even notice if I was here anymore and I think back to that now and that's just such a sad horrible situation situation to be in and the mental trauma that we put ourselves under when we've got a mental illness is it's just negative, 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 and you don't feel like you're worthwhile, you don't feel like anybody else wants to be around you, and it's like a vicious circle, because you feel like you should be on your own, you end up spending more time alone, but then you end up pushing other people away, and that makes you think that they don't care, and it's just a really vicious cycle. I honestly just wasn't looking after myself at all, my diet was terrible, I wasn't going to the gym, and all of these things are what make us human and what make us able to cope with everyday life. So I just wasn't, I hadn't built up any resilience anymore and I just, I literally just couldn't cope with life and the pressures of it and the pressure of feeling like I had to look after my dad and I just couldn't navigate any of it. So it got to a point kind of, quite far after Christmas, maybe end of January, February, so this is about three months after my mum had died, when I was like, you know what, I actually need to seek some help, I think now, because this isn't just grief anymore, I'm in a really bad place, like, I'm not just grieving, I want to die, I don't want to be here anymore, and I would think about what it would be like to just drive my car off the road, and I would think about ways that I could do it, and it's just, the thoughts that you have in your head are just horrible so I went to see a doctor and I was put on antidepressants and something that I look back at now which kind of frustrates me a little bit is how quickly doctors prescribe you with antidepressants I am not against them whatsoever I don't know where I would be if I hadn't been given them at the time but I do think there's a general apathy towards somebody saying that they have the symptoms of depression just being like yep here's some pills but not telling them what to do now and how to make things better. A lot of people get given antidepressants and then they think, oh, it's, it's not doing anything, I still feel like crap. And then they go back and they'll be able to put on a higher dose and then a higher dose and then a higher dose. And the scary thing is with antidepressants is that you can get to a point where, like on both ends of the spectrum, when you're so depressed, you don't feel anything. You can also when you're on such a high dosage of antidepressants or even a low dose you stop having you stop feeling anything you stop feeling happiness you stop feeling sadness you stop crying you quite literally just become numb and that's such a scary thing and um, so I really think that we need to start educating people on how they can be proactive in their lives in building resilience against becoming mentally ill and also how when they are mentally ill how they can help themselves try and get out of that dark place and it can be with the help of antidepressants because I do think they're useful and they are good but I also think that we give them out so quickly without any 
guidance into how you can now help yourself. So I was very much in the mindset of, right, I'm on these tablets now, but I'm not going to let them try and do all of, all of the work. I need to try and be proactive. And I know that this is so much easier said than done for anybody that is struggling with a mental illness. You'll know that the motivation to do anything is honestly so bad, but you have to try and use being on tablets as a catalyst because these tablets make you perhaps sleep a little bit better than you were before or they might give you a little bit more energy or they might make you feel a little bit po more positive at certain times of the day and you have to use those moments and those feelings to your advantage and try and incorporate just a little bit of thing a little, a little bit at a time that's going to make you feel that little bit better and hopefully over time that will build up and build up and you'll realize that you're in a routine that is now really helping you so for me I started exercising whenever I could, whenever I could kind of muster the energy or felt even just the inkless bit of kind of motivation to do something, I'd try and go to the gym or it doesn't have to be the gym, you can go for a walk, I'd try and get some fresh air, I would try and go to the netball training. I also started spending more time with my family because I realised that spending time with my extended family was what made me feel good. And it also allowed me a safe space to talk about my mum because they obviously were also grieving her as well. And I'm really lucky to come from a family that is happy to talk about her. Not so much my direct close family, but my extended family, my aunties and my cousins especially. When I was with them, I just felt really comfortable. So I started prioritising spending time with them over other people. I still allowed myself to spend days where I didn't want to do anything and spend them in bed but what I did do is that I made sure that I got out of bed at least once in that day whether it was to walk around the block to walk to the shop something like that maybe making myself a nice meal so maybe I didn't want to eat all day but then I would try and make some ingredients and make something from scratch because I realized that doing something for myself like that made me feel good I started seeing a therapist at home for a long time who I kind of spoke to on an emotional level about everything that happened to me from when I was a child and I do think therapy can be really useful if you think you're going to benefit from kind of getting all those emotions out there and talking to somebody that hasn't got an input in your life um but I actually started seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist later on at university who I found to be really really useful because they don't just talk to you about what you're finding difficult but they actually give you things to do that might help and some of them aren't going to help at all but you might find one that really ticks a few boxes for you so for him he encouraged me to get a diary and write every night about how I'm feeling and what's made me feel good and what's made me feel bad so that made me really self-aware and um, like I said before he always said if you know if I do want to spend a day in bed try and get out at least once just give myself one goal it can be such a small thing like, so in the morning, write down three things that you want to accomplish that day. And it can literally be from kind of just getting out of the house once and walking to the shop. It can be something really small, like getting up and brushing your teeth if you're having an ex exceptionally bad day, tidying your bedroom, taking the rubbish out, or something big that you're putting off, like starting an assignment. That was quite big for me at university. Or getting out of the house to go to a social occasion that would be something huge um, and then at the end of the day he'd encourage me to kind of write down what I was proud of and you know what I could have done better 
and it is just more of that self-awareness more than anything um I encourage myself to try and eat at least one nutritious meal a day it doesn't have to be anything fancy it was just it literally just be incorporating some sort of meat and some sort of veg into my diet and avoiding alcohol when possible because alcohol is such a depressant and I was kind of using it as a way to deal with my anxiety so when I was in a social situation I'd be anxious I'd drink but I'd drink so much that I would kind of get blackout and then maybe embarrass myself but I wouldn't know what I had done and people would maybe laugh about it the next day but then that gave me even more anxiety in those situations because I was afraid of what I'd embarrass myself by doing or what people thought of me when I was too drunk and I'd do the same thing again because I was afraid to be around them and also it was the hangovers the next day it's it's not just the physical pain it's the mental pain as well I even to this day now whenever I've been drinking the next day I'm in a really bad mental space and that affects me for a good three days afterwards if not longer so yeah I think alcohol is just it is such an issue and hopefully bit by bit you know you'll notice some sort of positive change in your life and you'll find some things that really help you and some habits and maybe after a while you find yourself in some sort of routine that is really really helping you and you notice that you're not having those bad thoughts anymore and I think one day I kind of was walking around and I realised that I hadn't thought about not wanting to see a future anymore for quite a long time and I was actually enjoying my life and I was enjoying my friendships and I found things that I was good at and I'm really lucky now to be in a job that I'm loving and to be surrounded with supportive friends and stuff but that doesn't mean that I don't find it difficult anymore because there are times when my head is going off on me saying that I'm not good enough and why have I got this job I'm not good enough to be doing this job why am I doing this podcast I've not got anything good to say to people like people aren't going to care about it but then obviously we receive so many messages off you guys and that means the world so it's so I don't know I think more than anything it's important to find something that you love and if you have struggled with something try and find a way to manifest that into something positive we always say in these podcasts like with grief you know we've had it really bad and really shitty but at some point you'll find that you have changed because of your grief and sometimes that change is actually a positive thing cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, for one, like myself so much more than I did before which I think is just amazing and you know I would do anything to have my mum back but I'm also so grateful that this experience has turned me into something turned me into somebody that I can be proud of and I can be happy to be around and there are times when I'm really hard on myself and you know I'm kind of stuck in a bit of a rut but 
I then start making sure that I incorporate these things into my life again and it's a really surefire way to build resilience against those bad thoughts and I recommend it to anybody so yeah that's what I did for a lot of the time when I was at university, university and then over the last sort of six months I think my life has changed a lot again probably more so since last January when I've started incorporating exercise into my life a hell of a lot more I seriously cannot recommend the exercise enough and just the huge amount of benefits that it provides for us and whenever I say exercise people are always like oh I don't want to go to the gym like the gym isn't for me but it honestly doesn't have to be the gym like it can doesn't even have to be anything that gets your heart rate moving that fast it can be going for a walk I try whenever I can to go out and have a decent couple of miles walking in the countryside because there is something about being in the countryside that honestly makes you feel amazing. I've never come back from a walk and thought, oh God, like I wish I didn't do that. Like I feel like crap. You feel elated and on top of the world. So I would 100% recommend that to everybody. Um, I still write down how I'm feeling most evenings. I find that super, super therapeutic. I actually have like a really nice kind of evening routine where at nine o'clock most nights I'll try and turn my phone off, turn like my do not disturb on, I put it on charge and then I'll read maybe for half an hour or so. I like read like self-development books but I also read stuff for work, so marketing books and but I do, I, I love a, a fiction. I read a lot of fiction. There's something about getting lost in a book that just really makes me feel good and it's such a good way to spend time out that isn't to do with your phone and stuff that just allows you to forget about everything else. I After that, so that takes me to about half past nine and then from there I'll spend time writing in my diary so I'll write down how I'm feeling, I'll write down my goals for the next day so the three things that I want to achieve, I still do that, I find that super useful because there are some days when I can be like, oh, like I've got no motivation to do anything. But if I've got those three things down, and it can literally be like maybe going to the gym. It can be paying a bill that I've been putting off for ages. It can be tidying my room, put, putting a wash on, um, going to a social event, doing some podcast editing. Like it can be anything from small to large and just being able to tick those three things off the next day when you've done them. It's honestly the best feeling ever. Like, it's such a simple thing, but it's so gratifying. And then, you know, because there are only these three things, if you, you really make two out of the three of them, you are still you still feel like you're achieving something, which is great. And then I also write down one thing that I'm grateful for every day. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes that can be really hard. There are a lot of times when I've laid down at night and I feel like I've had the shittiest day, and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what I'm grateful for. Like, I hate my life. I feel like I'm stuck in a rut. And, you know, I don't feel like I've got enough friends or whatever. And, you know, we all have those kind of negative thoughts. But I force myself to sit and think of one thing that day that happened to me or something that I'm grateful for. And just forcing yourself to do that, I think, can change your mindset quite well. Um, And then in the morning... I just kind of have a quick read over my notes and stuff of what I'm doing and then my morning routines kind of go from either getting up really early and going to the gym before I go to work 
or I'll wake up early and spend half an hour reading before I then begin to get ready for the day. And I also try not to look at my phone until kind of after eight o'clock. I think the worst thing to do is to sleep kind of with your phone and then as soon as you wake up, start scrolling through stuff because we're all so guilty of it. We all get completely lost online. And I just don't think it's a good way to start your day because our mind just gets really busy with everything that we're seeing. I think we need to kind of settle ourselves into our day first and kind of get some self-awareness and awareness on how we're feeling before we then try and kind of realise what everybody else is up to on Instagram and, you know, it can make us feel quite shit if we're looking at something and think, why isn't my life like that? And it's just not a positive way to start your day. So I would honestly try and put that off for as long as possible. I've also started to try and eat more consciously, so do not get me wrong, I am not the healthiest person ever. I love food so much. Pizza is honestly my life but for most of my meals I do try and make them quite high fat like the healthy fats like the avocados and the salmon and nuts I try and eat a lot of greens I have like a green shake which looks pretty disgusting it's not the best tasting thing in the world but it gives me all of my five a day in approximately 30 seconds by the time I've drunk it so it's a really quick surefire way of getting it down and I try and eat, you know, as many veggies as I can. It's just eating more consciously because our guts and our brains are so linked, but we don't treat our guts very well. And if we want to have a healthy mind, then we need to start doing that. There's loads of stuff online about healthy eating. Um, and I would really recommend getting the book Genius Foods from Max Lugavere, L-U-G-A-V-E-R-E if you can. It's all about the foods that you should be incorporating into your diets and kind of keep your mind and your brain healthy. Um, our food is literally so linked to um, diseases like cancer and Alzheimer's and 100% would recommend it. I'll put a link to it in the podcast notes for this as well. Um, but those kind of foods like blueberries, red onions, extra virgin olive oil, salmon, red meat, dark leafy greens, just stuff that you can easily incorporate and honestly I've noticed such a difference in my mindset since I've started eating more consciously, like you will not, re- you, will, you will not regret it um, and I try and avoid social situations that are going to cause me to overconsume on alcohol as well, like as I said before alcohol does not make me feel good, um, I am partial to a boozy night, um, that hasn't changed <laughs> But I do try and avoid the situations where I feel like I'm going to drink because I'm anxious rather than drinking because I'm having a good time. Um, but that is something that I'm working on as well, is not relying on alcohol to kind of run my night because I have a bad habit of when I start drinking, I can't stop and then it ruins my whole day the next day. And I feel like I need to grow up a little bit <laughs> and start watching how much I'm drinking. Um and then at night as well, I think if I feel like I'm going to have an unsettled night, then I kind of spend more time than I would perhaps washing my face and brushing my hair and brushing my teeth and kind of like practicing mindfulness, like doing it in a mindful way. So washing my face consciously and trying not to think of other things, but just thinking of how it feels to be like cleaning myself. Um, it's actually really hard to do mindfulness training and it's something that I want to do more of but there's so much online about that as well about how much it can help with your mental state so I try and do that whenever I feel like I'm a bit stressed and a bit frizzed out and 
you know, I play netball quite late sometimes. So when I come in, I try and spend sort of 20 minutes going through that routine and it makes me feel loads better and settled before I go to bed, especially if I can't do my nighttime routine that I usually would. Um, but yeah, that's basically me. And I really hope that you might have found some of this useful. And I honestly recommend if you just start just doing one of those things every day, I think you'll kind of see a difference in how you're feeling. Um, I would 100% recommend out of all of them exercising in some way, shape or, th- or form, just doing something that you love. Um, try to find a hobby that you're going to love and writing down how you feel. I think writing is just the most powerful tool when it comes to helping our mindset and I could not recommend it enough to every single person out there. Um, and I think one thing that we really have to remember is that it's our future and how we feel is in our hands and we can't rely on other people to make us feel good. Um, I've, you know, I've been single now for the last three years and it's honestly been the best thing for me because I'm finally comfortable with myself and I've realised that my happiness is in my hands and I think I used to rely on other people and what they thought of me a lot to be happy and now that I'm older and I've been through a lot of stuff and I've incorporated more things into my life that make me feel happy I've just realized that we are in full control like you know a lot of this shit happens like our parents dying or friends becoming unwell and life will always be throwing things at us but we need to become resilient we need to become self-aware enough to realize when we're struggling and to seek out for help but we also need to build a strong mindset and we need to treat our bodies with the respect that it deserves for one and because they literally get us from A to B all the time I think it's a very easy trap to fall down when you get stuck in the cycle of feeling like crap and then not moving and eating crap and it is just a really vicious cycle and I really want us to try and be more positive with how we treat ourselves. I think more than anything, just find out what makes you smile and what makes you tick and grab it with both hands because if you find something that you're passionate about, you are honestly so, so lucky. There are so many people in our lives that do the same thing day in, day out and they haven't got a drive for anything. So If you manage to manifest your grief or your mental illness into something positive, run with it. Don't let your fears about what other people are going to think about you or societal pressures to stop you from doing something that you love. Honestly, Sam and I started doing this podcast and we just had no idea how it was going to be reacted to. All we knew is that we had so much to say about our our experience and we just wanted to to get it out there and to find other people that could relate to us because well at the time we thought oh you know hardly anybody's gone through what we've gone through but lo and behold we found this huge grief community of people who all understand how we're feeling and whether you realize that your experience could be transferred to like written content or you want to film videos about kind of what you've been through and how you've grown from it or you want to just like write books or do a podcast 
it doesn't even have to be about grief or mental illnesses it can just be about something that you love like or start some sort of habit like playing the piano or going for walks or spending more time with friends or spending more time with family I think just find that thing that makes you tick and makes you happy and run with it and just let it kind of consume you I think more than anything because I don't know where I would be now if I hadn't have found kind of some sort of positive future that I could be happy with and it's completely a work in progress there are certainly some days when I'm I feel like I haven't achieved anything and I feel like I'm stuck and I'm not going anywhere I'm not good enough to be where I am with my work but we have to give ourselves a break and I think I could talk about social media and what an absolute nightmare it is forever <laughs> there are so many positives to it but obviously so many cons as well and I'm so big on this whole insta life thing so I get messages from people sometimes out of the blue like oh how are you like you look like you're like loving life right now looks like everything's amazing and I always reply saying oh yeah that insta life like we're so quick to publish all of the perfect parts of our lives and you know obviously we're not going to kind of post about it really that day when something goes terribly wrong we're not going to take a photo of it and be like this went wrong today I feel like shit but I do think there needs to be a little bit more realism out there and I'm kind of hoping that that's what this podcast is doing it's bringing to light the difficulties that we face in our day-to-day lives but it's also a positive space Um, I know that Sam and I are super lucky to be where we are in life at the moment she's in Australia and she is doing things that I think she never thought that she would and she's met an amazing group of friends out there and I'm at home and I'm working in a job that I didn't know that I'd be able to get and you know I've got this podcast and I'm really loving looking after myself and I'm loving exercising and eating well and spending time with my family so these are things that I honestly could not see happening when I was in my darkest place I just could not see any sort of happy future whatsoever and I just really hope that my mum would love the person that I am now as well um and I think more than anything is like don't feel guilty for feeling happy I think we're really quick to think especially very soon after you know somebody's died we're really quick to feel guilt whenever we're smiling, whenever we're happy and we think, oh, why why should I be happy when this person isn't here anymore? And we're like, and then suddenly we're in a dark place because we've talked ourselves into feeling like shit and we're enjoying the moment and then suddenly we're like, oh no, like my life's actually crap because I don't have this person anymore. But you can't, you can't live like that forever and you need to let yourself enjoy those special moments when they come to you because they're honestly what are going to get you through your darkest times um, and yeah allow yourself to wallow in your feelings sometimes allow yourself to have full days when you just feel like crap and you just want to stay in bed all day um, but don't cut people off like try and leave your bedroom door open or try and call a friend and make sure you reply to texts and just try and get out of the house at least once and make a good meal like enjoy your food I love food so I try and make something kind of fancy that I'm going to really enjoy or I bake something and then I'll go over to a friend's house and give them that and one thing as well that I found is that helping others also makes 
us feel good. So if you know somebody that's in need of a conversation or you know, to go out for a coffee with somebody, I think we find companionship when we're struggling really, really valuable. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've found something valuable in this conversation or if not I hope it's made you kind of more aware of the things you need to look out for but um I really want all of you to look after yourselves your body and your mind and I think together we can build resilience against these mental illnesses and we can support our friends and I'm hoping that this can give you some tips if you've got some friends that are struggling in what you can suggest to them to do and hopefully to encourage you to ask them out for a coffee or to ask them out to go for a walk together or ask them to go and do some sort of sport or hobby together um, because they will honestly appreciate it more than I could ever tell you. So yeah, thank you guys. Hopefully Sam and I will be back next week with a guest. We have a lot of people on our list. Um, So we're going to send some invites out today a lot of stories to be heard and we are really excited to see where this podcast is going to go so thank you so much have a great week thank you so much for listening to this week's dpc podcast we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and have found some comfort in the stories that you've heard today if you've resonated with anything we've said have any questions or want to get involved please do contact us we're on instagram it's at dpc podcast you can email us on dpcpodcast at hotmail.com or we have a contact form on our website www.dpcpodcast.co.uk We have a whole bunch of resources over on our website more information about dealing with grief losing a parent and professionals to contact if you should need it because as Kat so eloquently said in our first podcast we're not providing healthcare we're just chatting (laughs) If you think this podcast could help someone, then we would love for you to share it. We upload new podcasts every week, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Loads of love from Sam and Kat. See you next Tuesday. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.